Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For Hello, fear of being know. thought of differently. Hope everyone is doing but don't well. worry. Hope We're all friends here. As, uh, so, as some of us are right what's your now story? some of our allergy issues that we're having this time of year. But we love this time of year because it is the spooky time. It's the time that we get ready for Halloween. At least I know in my house we are doing that. We're getting ready. We're getting ready for the kids, the candy, all the fun stuff. And uh, I'm hoping that my co-host is also getting geared up for this time of year. And my ho- my co-host is my best friend, the professor, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, sir? Welcome to the oh. What's Your Weird Story podcast. I should probably say that, right? Or did I yeah. say that? Yeah. I no. just, okay, okay, okay. You just went in. But that's okay. Hey, Smiling Sensei, it is good to be here, as it always is good to be here and to... Uh, share some time with you and with all of Weirdsville. Yeah, we got that fall allergy season kicking in. The ragweed is all over, and it's yeah, everywhere, man. Everybody's it kicked it. my butt it, last it, week. It was here bad last week. Yeah, and it just like as we were right before we started press record, it just hit me. Yeah, and um, yeah. So I mean, literally. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but. Um, yeah, man, it's Halloween season is upon us. I mean, you know, we since we love the Halloween, the spooky season, we tend to well, well, how we celebrate it all year round. But we really start building up. You know, it's yeah. a two month affair for us. Absolutely. You know, uh, but, for my wife, know, three three months for my wife, dude. Well, that's August true, that's true. August, she's in it. You know, because yeah. we we celebrate sometimes Halloween a day before. That's right. <laughs> Some years they change it. Absolutely. Just, if you ever meet Barry's wife, just ask her. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, that's inside jokes. We we, we appreciate it. But uh, uh, um, I've been for my you know I I try to get get into the spooky season feeling by you know binging. You know, spooky movies. Of course. I mean, I watch a yeah. lot of horror movies, but sure. I really go get into them. Where do you start? And, Where do you start? Is it different well, every year? Yeah, I tried. I've I've, I've kind of had to do that because, like, um, I think last year and I think the year before, I did zombies. Okay. Um, I ended up doing mostly zombie movies because I love zombie movies. Of course. But I've also and 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 TV series as well. Um, so you know, like well, obviously, Walking Dead is fantastic. Yeah, sure. And there's new series of that that I do need to catch up on, uh, but I'll I'll wait. Um, there's uh, was Black Summer. That was a two mm. season, very short seasons nice. on on uh, on Netflix. Yep. And uh, then there was another one that I'm blanking on that was that had a little bit more comedy to it. It was a different zombie, but it was really good, too. Nice. That was also you can watch on it, folks. I think it was from the Sci-Fi Channel. I talked about it a while back. Did you see the new uh, Exorcist uh, movie coming out? No. Yeah, the uh, 
Apparently, uh, Linda Blair is supposed to be in it, but I just saw a trailer for it, and it looks really pretty good. It looks they're they're trying to mimic the original look. You know what I mean? Uh, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to see see how it turns out. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, like the original Exorcist, because that's what I'm watching uh, this year. Uh. Not Exorcist. <laughs> no, no, just horror movies from the 70s and the 80s nice, and nice. maybe a little early 90s. Nice, um, nice. You know, and I love the, I like to alternate between, I usually, I watch like two in an evening, you know? Yep. yep. Um, I like to watch one that's like, more traditional spooky like i watched the fog oh yeah the fog yep and then um then i'll try it and i'll watch something that's kind of comedy horror you know it's got nice. a little bit of comedy you know kind of like you would get from uh uh you know like the leprechaun those series yep. stuff like that. nice nice so yeah you know I, I i've been doing that and i'm excited about that that's always fun um but you know you Sir, have uh, some really. You've got some really incredible news. You and your daughter are engaged. Well, that's an interesting way to put it. Um, yeah, I guess the whole family's engaged at this point, right? Whenever, whenever somebody gets engaged. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that did. Uh, now I realize that sounds kind that of that could like, get weird. I don't mean. I don't mean that you and your you are engaged to your daughter. Uh, because you're already married. That's a whole other weird. And I know that, you know, I don't think that your wife would let you get, uh, get do polygamy would really work for her sister wives, but definitely not daughter. You know, we're <laughs> no. not into that. No, that, that's, that's, that's not, uh, yeah, that's your kind of, uh, search engine on, uh, a whole other can of worms. But anyway, you get, yeah. So, 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 Happy, happy! Congratulations! Oh, thanks, thank you. It's uh, yeah. So yeah, we uh, she got engaged last weekend, and uh, congrats to uh, to Kira and her fiance Bailey. He's a great young man. We love him to death, and uh, we're really excited. And we're, uh, you know, it's a time of reflection, man. It's so weird. It's like, uh, you know, she's my age. Whenever we got engaged, you know, my wife and I got engaged at, you know, she was 24. I was 25. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's mind blowing really. And it's just mm-hmm. like, wow, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful time in, in life where, you know, we, we celebrate everything that has gotten us to this point. And, um, it's, it's amazing, man. We are we are happy. We had a nice little celebration for you know these days. You can't just get engaged without not having a party and your friends and family being there. So we did a whole thing where well, I wasn't uh, invited. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it was. No, it 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 was. Uh, you know, back in the day, you would just get engaged, and you wouldn't really say much to anybody. But these days, it's a big, it's a big deal. And so we had, we threw a nice little party, and we all had fun. We got a little Airbnb outside of Tulsa, and uh, when uh, when he asked her to marry him, uh, they showed up at the house afterwards, and we had a big shindig, and it was fun, man. It was a, a time for everybody to meet and uh, and hang out and talk and. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's a it's a great thing, and we uh, we are incredibly happy. So, yeah, congratulations to them, and uh, congratulations to you, our listeners, because we have 
an amazing episode today. Such a great conversation. Yes, indeed. Uh, different from our usual fare, but still fanta- a fantastic episode. Um, and by the way, we thank you for indulging our uh, three-week-long celebration and we're catching up with all of our uh, special correspondents. You know, that was fun for us. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that was fun for you as well, because having those great conversations that we have typically, you know, away from the microphone, you know, but still, uh, you know, a lot of fun. Today, we are joined by Michelle from Western Pennsylvania. And uh, Michelle has a interesting story to share that uh, is definitely different from the spooky stuff, but uh, don't worry. Um, You'll find it just as interesting and and entertaining and fascinating. A great conversation all around. So thank you for joining us uh, from Western PA today, Michelle. (laughs) What's your weird story? Well, actually, my weird story is something that maybe other people might think is weird, but to me, it's just a way of my life. I have a math learning disability called dyscalculia, Mm. and a lot of people, when I tell them that I have a learning disability, they automatically think, oh, you must have dyslexia or dyslexia, or you might have another kind of reading disability. And when I tell them that I have a disability with math, I usually get a couple um, responses. Some people will say, oh, you you don't look like you have a disability, and they'll dismiss it. And other people will say, you're, you know, you're too, people that know me will say, well, you're too smart to have a disability or you're too accomplished. Mm. Or a lot of times I'll get somebody that will tell me, oh, I struggle with math too, doesn't everybody? And in all those cases, those are the those are the experiences where things can get a little awkward. Whenever I uh, have a learning dis, when I talk about having a learning disability, interesting. I was diagnosed with one whenever I was in kindergarten. I was fairly lucky for the time period that I went to school because a lot of times uh, they they didn't know a lot about learning disabilities. I was struggling socially, and I was also struggling academically. Uh, part of the social aspect was I was an only child for 13 years. Mm. So it was a little different being a teenager and having a, a baby brother. Wow. Uh, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. So I, I socialized a lot more with uh, other people that were adults rather than kids. And academically, I was really struggling with things such as writing and uh, bounce, uh, things like bouncing a ball, uh, my eye-hand coordination, uh, dot-to-dot pages, uh, the limited hand dexterity. And uh, that wasn't discovered until I was an adult. And that has a, another really uh, odd element to it <laughs> as Interesting. well. Interesting. Um, yeah. But right away, they could figure out that I had a learning disability and my parents consented to get testing and soon enough they figured out that I had that and I had to repeat kindergarten the following year and I had a really unusual setup I was uh, had to go to a different school in our district I started out my day with a first grade classroom that was a homeroom and I uh, went to learning support where 
we did specialty instruction in all areas in the beginning, uh, math, reading, uh, handwriting, and then I would eat lunch with my first grade class, and then I would go with my kindergarten class to, uh, that t- that day. It got really strange when it was picture day. I the photographer. <laughs> I think that confused him a lot that I was going for my kindergarten class for a picture and then my first grade class. And then when we got the yearbook back, that that really confused a lot of uh, my peers. <laughs> you were living a double life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Kind of legendary, though, you know, yeah, yeah. you always wanted, especially when you're a kid. Well, you know, once you get into high school, especially you wanted uh-huh. to be in as many pictures in the yearbook as you could. So you may. Sneak. That's where people. A lot of people. I wouldn't know anything about this. Barry probably wouldn't know anything about this either. Wink, wink. Would sneak into groups and photos that they weren't necessarily a part, of, part yeah. of that club or that group, and yet, you know, there you were in the there group. They were. <laughs> <laughs> and before you had Photoshop that you could be like and get somebody out of there that yeah, right. belonged to. <laughs> yeah. And, it, our, and again, we went to, I mean, our, our school, our class mm-hmm. that we graduated with was the, a record breaking 112. Um, the, the largest class ever. Yeah. Um, well, up to that point, I think and, yeah, we were, um, we were, were a actually big class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were a big class that year. Which, uh, but so I mean, it's not like people didn't know people around you, with you, your friends, the people you you know were in the clubs uh-huh. or whatever. It's not like they didn't know you weren't in there. Right. Not, but, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They didn't know. They probably didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't care. They, they went along with yeah. it. So. But I digress. I'm sorry. I jumped in. I, but that's still that's a no. legendary being in. You know, twice. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. Slightly change what your name in one of them, so people would think you're twins. That would have been a. Risk <laughs> <right there. laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, so kindergarten was the only grade I had to repeat, but it was a real struggle for me socially and mm-hmm. academically uh, throughout school, especially in the beginning. Academically, it was really hard. Sure. Uh, I can just remember being really frustrated. I would study for a test and I still wouldn't do well. And I would really put that effort forward. And I just was really frustrated with a lot of different things with that. And I can remember Eventually, a lot of the strategies were working, and my parents didn't give up on me, even though we had a lot of uh, tearful homework sessions and Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of doubt on my part. Uh, I was starting to be placed in more regular classes for reading and science and social studies because I knew I had a good reading level. And I, it was still, it was still difficult though. And I had support such as having the test read aloud to me and having extra time for my test. Socially, uh, it was hard even from the very beginning. I can remember as a young child, it was more, well, I don't want to play with you on the playground or you didn't get invited to a birthday party. And, and the school that I went to was very small and wasn't diverse. So I couldn't hide. Everybody knew I went to learning support. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, I started getting labeled uh, the 
you know, the one that wasn't very smart or the outcast very early on. Mm-hmm. And it was also hard to identify with my learning support peers because most of them struggled with reading. I felt like I was the odd one out that just couldn't get math. And yeah. other than some reading comprehension, I was a fluent reader, read with a lot of expression, had pretty good uh, vocabulary knowledge and spelling. Uh, we we were able to, you know, come around with that. And I, but eventually I was in all regular red classes up until high school. It got a lot easier for me academically. I was on honor roll. I was doing well in all my academics, except, you know, I had the math and the resource room. Socially, it got a lot harder. Uh, a lot of the peer groups became more defined. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like I fit in with any of them. But I started to hang out with some other students that were involved in a arts program uh, that was in a neighboring school district. And I had acceptance rather than having that label that, that surrounded me since I was in kindergarten. And that encouraged me to reach out to other groups uh, in the community. I'm still part of a writer's group where I'm friends with these people 20-some years later. Nice. Very cool. And Very cool. Yeah, and, and that just that that gave me that that encouragement. Uh, one of the things that became an issue was, well, what am I going to do after high school? I knew uh, I wanted to go to college, but I was really afraid because of the math and could I even handle some of the other classes that because I didn't have learning support. Yeah, and I wasn't alone in this. I can remember I had a learning support teacher that told me, I don't think you can go to college. Why don't you go to a vocational training school? And nothing there interested me. If it yeah. did, I would have been, yeah, but it had definitely been ahead. But luckily, I had a student teacher that believed in me. And she said, I, I know you can go to college because you know how to study. And you're, there are people with disabilities, learning disabilities that are at college. And I was surprised because I, I didn't know anybody. We, there wasn't much disability representation. And I decided to... Uh, pursue college. I got involved with an agency called Office for Vocational Rehabilitation. And this is where the weird story comes in uh, many years later. I had a learning disability evaluation done. Um, And one of the things they tested me for during one of them that was uh, at one time was hand dexterity. And I ordered lunch because this is an eight-hour evaluation. It's very long. And uh, whenever, whenever they test me for hand dexterity, they blindfolded me. They had me put shapes in a shape sorter. And right when I'm putting the, I'm blindfolded and I'm putting shapes in a shape sorter comes in the, the delivery guy for, <laughs> from the Chinese restaurant. And I, I don't know what his expression was because I was blindfolded, but <laughs> I, they would not let me take the blindfold off. And I had to sign for, for the debit card with my blindfold on. And I had to writing to begin with. Oh, I love that. And that was the evaluation that it wasn't the first one that I had as an adult. But I can just remember signing that. And they found out I had limited hand dexterity in both of my hands. And in all my evaluations... That's, that's- they've always painted a picture of um, what I couldn't do. They always said certain things were just going to be beyond my limitations. I even had a psychiatrist that said, uh, right after high school, you're not going to go beyond community college. Wow. And 
that was heartbreaking for me. I was already afraid, but I decided I'm going to go on and do this. And I can remember uh, I had a professor that told me that uh, I was going to have limited job choices. And there was a real stigma around using disability accommodations. So I didn't use them and my grades dropped. And that was really hard. But I can remember I was struggling in a class and a professor told me, why don't we at least get you extended test time? And what, I was able to pass her class and I was able to graduate for my other classes uh, with an associate's degree in early childhood education. Wow. I, yeah, moved out on my own and was able, I'm not able to drive because of my visual perception. And I had a place where I lived in a central location and uh, I liked it. I was working in some temporary places, but I always wanted more for myself and be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right. Because, um, I did have that opportunity financially. I just couldn't live independently anymore. So I moved back in with my parents during that time and my job downsized. And I thought this is the time to go back to university. And I found the right program for me that had the least amount of math and science possible. And uh, I used the disability accommodations. I didn't care if what other people really thought at that point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and I made Dean's List, and oh I was able God. to graduate with Damn. a bachelor's degree Damn. in community program. Yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. I have a question. I want to. I want. Yeah. Can we get a little more specific about your learning disability so I, I can grasp sure. what? So what exactly? Like, how does that work for you? Like, uh, what, what, what do you have a problem with? Like, I know that dis, like dyslexia, oftentimes mm-hmm. um, things will be backwards, right? Like, you'll get like it's hard to read because mm-hmm. you're you're it's everything's being shuffled around a little bit. Um, what were you dealing with in as far as math goes? Well, I didn't reverse numbers. The the most that I have, I mean, with having a math disability, is I struggle with how numbers work. Okay. So I cannot tell time on the face of a clock. Okay. Despite multiple interventions, yep. I have not memorized all my math facts. So if somebody comes up and asks me a random math question, I may not be able to tell you that. Sure, sure. I. Uh, forget how numbers will work uh, with working on math problems. I just, I, I lose myself somewhere in the steps of how that works. Sure. And it also goes beyond the being bad at math. Uh, if somebody tells me uh, east, south, or west, it uh, has little meaning to me. I'm terrible at giving directions. Uh, we started back, I work as a paraeducator in a school, and uh, somebody asked me how to go to the bathroom, uh, where, how, where the nearest restroom was, and I don't know if that child made it to the. Right. <laughs> no one saw that child ever again. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows if he made it there, but. Right. That's uh, uh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. I think oftentimes we can't really understand uh, these things that people struggle with because everyone has their unique, like. I, when it comes to math for me, I can do basic math. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that I use like on a daily basis, I have no problem. But I, algebra tore me up in high school (laughs) and geometry tore me Mm -hmm. up. I could not, I just couldn't get it. I, 
I struggled with it, and it was yeah. all I could do. To, I think I might have made a C or something in algebra. Mm-hmm. That was re- I was really trying hard. So, yeah, although well, we I didn't have the greatest algebra teacher, that's true. Okay. Algebra one was a mess. That's yeah, true. N- yeah, our algebra two teacher though was she was great. She was great. Um, and Mrs. Goldbeck, yeah. shout out, shout out, Miss Goldbeck. Um. She was she was awesome, and her husband, who was our geometry teacher, he was. Well, he was probably a good teacher, but I was put into the <laughs> class with uh, one of my uh, other best friends, who uh, we ended up being very, very much uh, cut ups and class clowns in there, okay. and to I mean just <laughs> turned it up to eleven. It was bad news. I cheated. Um, I cheated my entire way through geometry. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. <laughs> but I, I'm, I also have a, uh, I've, I have math problems too, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if it's dyscalculia or if it's something else. Um, but I, when I've gotten into, um, I think I just really when I took tried to take my college level math classes. Mm-hmm. I would be okay for about two weeks, and then all of a sudden, uh, it was like everything was Greek, and I couldn't understand what was being said around me, and I started having anxiety and panic attacks, and I felt like a big dummy surrounded by all these people who knew what was going on, and I didn't. And this happened again and again and again, and I had to drop out of college math classes, um, until I finally found a kind of basically not a remedial one, but one that wasn't as it was basically made for people taking art or non math related courses, yeah. you know, like you're not going to need math and what you're doing. So we know you artists are, so <laughs> that's but, great. Uh, that you, yeah. That you yeah, found I find that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause one of the things I did when I got to university was, I knew going in that it was going to be a struggle and I was, I did a philosophy based math class and that was a fun, there's a fun story Logic? with that one too. Yeah. Oh I, my God. I was waiting somewhere <laughs> and there was a chess game and one of the guys from the math department was like, Hey, you want to play chess? Well, we did. And I think that had to be the shortest chess game in history. And I, I lost and I told him I had a math learning disability and uh, we're trying to figure out what math course, if I wanted to do the philosophy-based one, which was really yeah. hard, oh, yeah. by the way. Yep, but I failed he, it twice. Yeah, <laughs> and he looked at me, and he goes, I'm from the math department, and uh, the guys in our department aren't that nice, and I, I think you should take the philosophy-based one. And the professor for, that was uh, the, the intro to logic was so nice. Everybody loved him. I mean, he he understood I was going for hours of tutoring during the week and I wasn't doing well. And we worked it out that I passed the class and uh, that that really helped me. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, you, it, it's not, it's certainly not an easy course, but that uh, was definitely uh, an option to work for me. That's great. That is all. Yeah, no, that. See, I tried. I tried that as well. And again, I just couldn't do it. And then yeah. um, I I did take one time. I took mm-hmm. a uh, the last college algebra class okay. that I took. 
Yeah. Um, I did well on the homework. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when it came to test, I just like, you know, I couldn't like, I, I, again, I just panic. I would have anxiety during test. Yeah. And so I went and I talked to the professor Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, because I had uh, I'd gone, I went to college right out of high school, and then mm-hmm. I took a you know a break and did other things, and then I finally went back. So I was about, um, you know, I mean, I was like in my late twenties at this point, so I was older than this professor. And you know, I'm talking to him, telling him how much I'm struggling. I mean, he knew my face. I would go and talk to him every day after class. And basically it really came all down to the final. Um, and you know, like I needed to, if I was going to pass or fail and he knew how much I was struggling and all this stuff. And I talked to him and talked to him and I was, you know, I'm doing the best I can, you know, and you can't, like one of the problems um, was like he you couldn't he wouldn't do half credit or like partial credit um, okay. like uh, like most teachers would do like they could see where you're going wrong on if you have it written out and then they could yeah. say okay I see where you're going wrong here but it was all done on the, on the internet oh. all mm-hmm. the tests had to be taken on the internet uh-huh. even though we had an in class class so all the homework that and tests that had to be on the internet it was just wrong or right or wrong there's no show your math that kind right. of thing you know Damn. so so i i i did not mm-hmm. pass that class and i was so angry because he made like he was gonna he understood and that he would kind of let me get by yeah you know mm-hmm. just so that i and i because i told him you know i told him all my woes and all this stuff you know and i wasn't just you know i mean i'm not like a freshman who was out partying and all of that yeah. you know it's Expressed to him like this is the history of my math issues. Um, so, but I also there's an element to my problems where uh, I think it's partly psychological, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've told this on the on the show or not. I'm it's five years, who knows? Uh, but when I was in second grade, I had a teacher who really didn't like me, and uh, she would like. Uh, she would punish me and she had like these demerit systems. You move a card color back and all of this. And so I would always end up getting, and usually it's because I would be imagining lots of my own imagination, staring off in space. That's about the extent of me not doing what I was supposed to be doing in her class. Um, so I would get assigned. If you get so many demerits, you would have to do so many math problems at recess Oh, my. <laughs> right. So this got into where, you know, so I'm having to do these math problems and we're just learning multiplication, you know, and division. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm having to I'm trying to do these problems while listening to everybody else out on the playground having fun. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I get my so my brain says this is recess time. We're out there. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be able to catch on. And so, like, it got to be to where um, I would have like, you know, first it'd be like 10 problems. Then you had to get then you could go outside 25 problems, 50 problems, 100 problems. It got to be where I couldn't didn't have enough recess time to do all the problems because I kept being not finishing the what she signed out and then she would do, went on to like assign me to like take these things home as for homework 
and to copy pages out of the dictionary by hand. And, oh like, gosh. I was copying everything, like, the little illustrations, which she really did not like because she didn't understand. Like, I did exactly what she told me. And um, I just kept whatever. It didn't matter. She, I was just the kid that frustrated her and angered her. And uh, so, yeah. So it, And ultimately, it ended up with uh, me getting her taking me to the, uh, the principal's office uh, on a day that the principal wasn't there. Um, which was probably, um, you know, which would it would have been good if he had been there because he wouldn't have like allowed her to do yeah. this. But she, you know, she'd have to explain herself because he knew me. Um, she knew, you know, who my dad was also a teacher, and you know, like, um, you know, he so she knew what the the he and the principal were friends, mm-hmm. so. She took me down there, and she anyway she spanked me, and oh, uh, then it, she ended up leaving early on vacation that year, uh, not long wow. after. <laughs> so, yeah. My dad, yeah, because I went home and told my dad, and I was scared because my dad always said, "If you get in trouble at school, if you get a spanking in school, this is back in you know, uh, yeah. back, back <laughs> when you could do 80s. that." Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> So if you get a spanking at school, you're going to get a spanking at home. And I, you know, I was more scared about my dad than I was about her. And the spanking that she did wasn't anything compared to what my dad would have done. And, mm-hmm. you know, and my dad, by all means, I mean, he didn't beat us. He just spanked no, our butt. No, of course. And it hurt, you know, and uh, it wasn't bad, you know. But um, he, yeah, so I didn't get a spanking for that. And he, uh, and then she ended up having a student teacher come in and help her out for about a week or two. And then she took an early vacation that she never came back from. And she wasn't in our school system next year. Um, and that one of my friends, our other friend uh, that helped does with the show with this every mm-hmm. once in a while, Jeff, his memory, me, my memory of this woman is she was just a witch. Obviously. Can, can, we, can we, who is it? Who was it? This is girly. This is girl. Oh, what's her name? Yeah. And, wow. Um, and Jeff, this woman was like a kitty show uh, TV host, like the most amazing teacher and wonderful person he'd ever met. He loved her. He thought that cl- that was the best class experience he'd had in his entire life was with that teacher. And I had the exact same opposite. Interesting. And yeah. So anyway, I think. Her treating me so harshly. Sorry to hijack your story. No, no, it's okay. It's interesting. Um, but I think because of that, and like this didn't come to me, like mm-hmm. this didn't come to me as a potential solution to the root of the problem to years and years and years and years yeah. later. Wow. But it just shows, I mean, that was trauma. You know, sure, what she did yeah. to me was traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and that caused me a lifelong. Disability with math because it was, you know, it it induced anxiety to a grand degree. That, uh, yeah, so there wasn't a lot. That was my struggle. There wasn't a lot of compassion back then, for sure. I mean, our understanding of that might have been when we were just starting to understand a little bit about learning disabilities. Yeah. But man, putting pressure. Probably been limited to just reading. Right. Yeah, that was usually the 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 deal. Like somebody mm-hmm. had an issue with reading and whatever. And I'll say this too: like, 
It wasn't until I got much older and I got a job working for a company where I had to, they, they, they would give you quizzes. And when you haven't taken a test for a while, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, because you're having like some people just aren't good at taking tests. And that's that's that's, (laughs) well, that's that's my bitch with like just because you can't take a test doesn't mean, you know, you don't know what you're doing. It just means that Mm -hmm. you learn differently and that some people just don't like like Adam, you're like Adam was saying is like, you know, you you feel the pressure and like. If you had, if you grew up in a way like that, where like, or like your situation, Michelle, like where, like all this mm-hmm. pressure is put on you, and now you're looked at as the person that isn't the normal person in a small yep. school, because mm-hmm. you know, sounds like we all went to small schools. Like, mm-hmm. that's a yeah. lot of pressure for a kid. And back then, yeah. you got held back. They don't yep. do that anymore. But they right. used to do that where you were terrified. You would come to school. I remember coming to school for the first day and you'd get in mm-hmm. the assembly and you would see the kids that got held back from that, you, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't be that person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right. And that, yeah. And that was a life. That was a fear that I had throughout sure. years. I can understand. Get held back. And when they would talk in assemblies about, oh, you got to do your work or you're going to fail. And I, I thought, oh, what if that happens to me again? And I always overcompensated with getting my work done and studying because I, I didn't want to fail again. Yeah. I never figured out the system where I had to get so many. Well, it was math related where you had to get so many points to pass. Right. I, so that's in, in a way that was a blessing, too, because I worked harder and I had better grades. But I, I can definitely hear what you say, because a lot of times people would would tell me, well, if I wanted to learn, I could. Or people would think, OK, we're just going to. I mean, I didn't have that experience. Luckily, my parents, um, for grades, were, were pretty understanding, yeah. and which was good. But a lot of times, you know, with paddling the student because they can't do a certain thing, that doesn't help to uh, help them to learn. And that, yeah. like you said, that creates a lifetime problem. And they're hearing other kids at recess and. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. That, that, that can be hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the, the, it's, you know, it, well, it's a similar problems, but, mm-hmm. you know, mine was basically, in a way, given to me by yeah. a teacher who was, you know, with, was oh. frustrated with. And to make things all worse, or I don't know mm-hmm. if it made things worse or what, but that year, um, they tested me, they, you know, to see mm-hmm. how, about my abilities, mm-hmm. and I tested off the chart. So I was put into a gifted class that her husband taught. No, no, actually, <laughs> I take that back. Her husband was the one who tested me. Mm. Um, and oh my then, gosh. <laughs> right. So like then, so like two days a week, I had to miss. Uh, her class in the morning to go to what they called the gifted class, you know, and uh, she had to adjust some stuff for me where basically give me independent things that I wanted to do. So like while everybody else was re- reading mm-hmm. about, you know, little, little bunny foo-foo, you know, <laughs> hopping through the forest, things like, like that, 
um, I was reading about Greek myths and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. because that's what interested me. And I, my level on that was higher than, you know, but then, you know, my math was, uh, of course, I was struggling with it. But that was also because of what she was, you know, kind of doing to me. And so right. she was kind of lashing out at me again, um, mm-hmm. you know, for, 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 you know, for frustrating her, basically. Right. Right. You know? and- and I think it's really interesting because you can actually have a learning disability and be gifted, and they call that yeah. being twice exceptional. So right. it, that that is something, too, that a lot of people don't understand. And I think it's harder sometimes if a student is gifted yeah. and, and does have a learning disability because people think, well, why should I help them? They're they're yeah. smart. They, they know what yeah. they're doing. and. Sometimes they don't get that service, especially if it's something involving math or uh, reading or that little pieces. They're just not getting it. And we sure change our students by doing that. Sure. Yeah. And we're doing I mean, we've come a long way in the educational system because now we're aware of, Mm -hmm. you know, we're aware of the spectrum of problems that people can have, you know, to where they're uh, what's the word? Um, Neural, no, is it neurally? Uh, they have neurodiversity, yeah, or differently wired, yeah, with brains. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, neuro, neuro, neurally d- d- divergent. Yes, I think that's, that's what I'm thinking. Of. <laughs> neurally divergent. Any uh, people who are like that, so you know. Yeah. Because yeah, we try to have everybody the same average, but we we're appreciative of the fact that you know it's not just you know smart kid. Average kid, yeah. slow kid, you know, or whatever. Right. You want to be nice about it. Dumb kid is what they would used to say. Now yeah. it's like <laughs> much bigger range where we understand where there's, you know, advanced, smart, exceptional kid and then other exceptional kid where, you know, maybe this right. kid is not good with speaking but can make things with their hands or whatever. Yeah. We understand yeah. the mm-hmm. broader range of that. So that's exactly. Wasn't that kind of, I mean, the the the, the uh, traditional school system was set up in a way like for factories, right? It's like basically to prepare kids to work in a factory when they were done. Like this is like a, you know, industrial yeah. revolution type of an idea. And mm-hmm. then like now it's so different because now you got so many different ways of doing things. And I know that when we were in high school, they just started to introduce like going to Votech and like mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. those kids that wouldn't have gone to college and like, you know, mm-hmm. the, but we're good. Like you were saying, Adam, good with their hands, welding or yeah. whatever right. that just became a thing where it was like, okay, now this makes more sense. Now we mm-hmm. can understand also behavioral problems at home. A lot of those kids that were lashing out at that time when we were kids, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, we figured out that it's just because they're angry <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of trauma, and I see that in a lot of the students that I work with. We have kids that will come in, and there's things that are going on at home, and a lot of times that contributes to their their academic performance. And I I think it's really important that I always tell the students that I work with um, that there's a lot of different options. There's college if they want that, if they want to go forward with that. There's trade school with Votech, and that that's another great option. Mm-hmm. And there's also working with that. And I just really encourage all of them uh, to stay in school, at least get the high school diploma. And yeah. what you do with that after you leave is uh, is really up to you. 
Yeah, right. So it's safe to say that your um, your history and, and what you went through as a child, did that sort of compel you to get into working with children? Is that where you kind of went, wanted to go with your life? Yes, I, I work with children. And I also do. I'm also a disability writer with my own blog, wow. and a lot of the the experiences that I have ha- have really played into the work that I do today. I uh, work with. I knew that I wanted to work with kids. I didn't. I knew that being a teacher and getting the certification wasn't going to be a wise choice for myself because mm-hmm. I'm not a great test taker and some of the courses would just be too hard. Mm-hmm. But I found uh, work as being a paraeducator and I still get to have that chance to make a difference. And sometimes I'll have, it can be like listening to a recording of myself at that age. This year I work with sixth graders, but I've had students that have said, I hate my disability and I wish that I didn't have an individual education plan. And I get to tell them it's okay to have that disability. And here's how we advocate for ourselves. And I get to share a little bit about my experience. And uh, sometimes I'll tell them I have a disability. Other times I might just say, okay, I'm, I can't help you with math. I try to give that disclaimer at the beginning of the year that I can help them with anything except for math and a few <laughs> other things. Um, that's important. And yeah. it also led me to write about having a disability. One of my dear friends in my writer, my writing group told me, well, you should really write about having a learning disability. And I think I told her, oh, I don't know about that. That's really personal. I, I don't want to write about it. I think I wrote some bad poetry, some other really cringeworthy stuff that I would definitely not want to you know, <laughs> uh, put out there today. <laughs> but when I finally wrote about having a learning disability, um, I think my first article was my struggle with opening up locks with limited hand dexterity. And I found that other people weren't running away from that. I didn't experience a lot of rejection. It was more people coming and saying, well, that's my story. I struggle with things like that. And I started to write more articles for The Mighty. And I got things published in other places. And I started my own blog. And I also get to combine my love of photography and writing on my blog. I sometimes, uh, having the disability makes me be able to see details other people miss. Sure. And I'll be in the car with my husband. I'll say, did you see that? Now he's getting a little better at this because I think I tell him, I share this story often (laughs) (laughs) and he'll be like, I'm focusing on the road and I get that chance to see a flower or a sign. And sometimes if I'm on a walk and I don't have a ride, I get to go take a picture of that. And I'll post some of those on my blog. And I also get the chance to, uh, I have a store where people can buy my artwork. And I have a disability forum where people can uh, be able to uh, talk about disability-related issues. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And what is that? Uh, what's the name of your blog spot where you, you know, where? where Sure. It is michellesmission.net. Okay, cool, cool. We will make sure everybody um, is aware of that because it sounds really great. And, and like, it sounds really – I think that's something that, you know, definitely a lot of people hopefully will go and check out, um, you know, for your blog or if not uh, for your photography because um, that's – you know, I mean, I'm the art nerd on on our show. So, well, <laughs> I, I'd say that I'm – Barry is a, also an art nerd, but he's a musical. He's on the music side. I'm on the 
the 2D side. Um, but <laughs> but awesome. I, I, yeah. think, I, th- I think that um, in a lot of what, what I'm hearing here, and it's reminding me, is that in a lot of ways, your your weakness is your strength. And yes. like mm-hmm. I, I, I teach uh, martial arts and we have a diverse array of people that that train and try a, a big focal point of what we do is try to show people that you know it's very ab- abundantly clear where someone's weakness is mm-hmm. and you have you need to be aware of that because once you're aware of that you can understand how to use that to your yep. advantage and in a lot of ways, what you're saying here, it, 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 it's, it sounds like the same thing. And it's like, even though I may not be able to do something the way that someone else can do it, doesn't mean that I can't, you know, thrive in other areas. And like, I think that's what's so great because, you know, it, it forces your brain to figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe I yep. can't do this, but maybe my mind's eye can put together a way to express myself with photography or with art Mm -hmm. or with music or with, you know, martial arts or something, a way to, to express yourself in a way where you can, you can use those things and, and, and providing people with the words that you put out there on the internet. Um, it's an inspiring story. I can tell you, I mean, I'm inspired by listening to your story because you didn't give up. And that is everything in life. And you took something that was a hindrance. And with all of that pressure and all of those things that a kid goes through, you're able to do something with it. And it's amazing. I mean, people need to hear that. You know? Absolutely. Thank you for sharing it. Oh, that thank you. we appreciate your openness with that. And this is not our normal, our, as our regular listeners will know, yes. this is not our normal kind of show, but it's goes, but we, you know, it goes along with the fact that we are open to everyone's, we want to hear about everyone's experiences in their life. These are the things that make you, you know, your experience, mm-hmm. um, Yours, you know, and and sharing that with us is, you know, you're opening up part of your world. You're opening up part of the rest of the world for us to understand uh, a little bit more about just the diversity of life mm-hmm. and, you know, being a human being. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be ghosts and UFOs to be a really cool, weird story. It <laughs> yeah. could be just like, this is my life. This is how I've lived it. This is where I, you know, my struggles that I've learned to work around and overcome. And uh, those great. are, and it's a fa- those are fascinating stories. And yeah, it's great. And, oh, and yeah. we love hearing that. So. Well, thank you so much. Absolutely. All right. Once again, what was your uh, what was the the website? That's michellesmission.net. Hey, you know what we need? What's that? We need a new ad for our merch store. 
our merch store. I've had a few people reach out to me and ask me, just how do we get What's Your Weird Story merch? Huh. How do we get that What's Your Weird Story merch? What's dash your, spelled Y-E-R, dash weird, dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's what's dash your spelled y-e-r dash weird dash story dot myspreadshop.com that's correct get in touch with us go buy some merch we got some cool stuff yeah dude and you know what if any of our listeners out there has some really cool ideas or has some really cool what's your weird story type art that they want to see on a t-shirt get a hold of us Maybe it'll happen. Michelle, thank you for coming on. A great conversation. Always nice to hear someone's perspective in the world. And she really is, uh, she's a fighter. And she's so, her story is incredibly inspirational. Indeed. I think it's something that a lot of us, uh, you know, growing up, in the 80s and 90s kind of missed out well and before as well um where you know when people had learning disabilities we didn't quite get you know the help that we needed yeah. wasn't understood um like you had mentioned in our in the conversation the old way of teaching was kind of factory based and it's good to see when somebody figures out that there's a problem and they work their way around it uh, and through it yeah. uh, to, you know, care, to find to excel in life and to, you know, uh, now she's in education, giving back to, you know, helping out others yep. and advocating and all of that stuff. And that, that is very inspirational. Um, you know, it's it's it's. As someone who has struggled with, you know, with my own math disabilities, yeah. like I seriously, I'm, I'm not there's it's not hyperbole when I say that I flunked, you know, several times taking yeah. math classes. I in in, in college um, because of what my brain would the, the wall my brain would run into. Sure, man. I probably took um, I probably took 10 math courses and while I was in college and um, and yeah including the like as she talked about the, the philosophy yeah. or logic classes yeah. which I thought would be uh, not what it was it's, it's it's even worse than um, math <laughs> yeah. math is no joke and I that I, if I'm being honest it's probably a big reason why I didn't want to go to college really yeah I just the math part of it man I mean I went to a technical school and we had a class where we would build electronics and that was hard enough, dude. I could not wrap my head around signal flow and uh, transistors and resistors and it's just over my head. Always has been, you know, real technical stuff like that. Um, so yeah, so my, uh, my heart goes out to anybody that has struggled with that. We, I think we, most of us do, um, it takes a special brain to really want to compute and get into math. So, man, I'm glad there are people out there that are willing to do that because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and once again, Michelle, we thank you for for sharing your story with us and uh, we and having just a great great conversation. We really enjoyed it. Absolutely. 
Well, coming up next week, Weirdsville, um, we have a our guest, Kristen, is joining us, and she's got a lot to say about some strange coincidences, weird coincidences uh, that has happened in her life. And, um, you know, we started thinking, hey, we want to hear some more strange, weird coincidences. So if you have some strange, weird coincidences, we would uh, love to hear about them. So you can contact us um, through our uh, website, through our email, wyspod at gmail.com. You can call the hotline. Which is five one three nine zero nine nine eight two one. Leave a message there, uh, or you can contact us through our social medias on Instagram and Facebook, etc. We would like to hear, you know, uh, short stories. You know, maybe something, you know, just crazy, weird coincidence happened, as you'll hear, and uh, you know, to, so you f- feel like you can tr- can contribute because you know a lot of people feel like they would want to share. They'd want to be on the podcast, but they don't have like these long, crazy stories. But you know, it's not about Barry. It's not about the size of the story. I've always believed that. Yeah, it's how you tell it. Absolutely. And absolutely. <laughs> so we want to hear you hear about all your. We want to hear all your stories, no matter the size uh, or shape. Uh, we love you, Weirdsville. Uh, We will see you next week. Until then, be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.